What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Taking Flight Podcast. I am your host, Eric Kostelnik, founder and CEO of Postal. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing go-to-market leaders and founders who share how they've grown their careers, how they approach new roles, and experiments and creative tests they've run to help their businesses take flight. As we chat for every question, they'll be tasting items from a featured flight that's sponsored by a vendor from the Postal Marketplace. This episode was sponsored by the Scoville Laboratory Hot Sauce Challenge Kit from Thoughtfully Gifts. On this episode of Taking Flight, I have the pleasure of speaking with Prachi Gore, CMO of the background check category leader, Checker. I've known Prachi for close to a decade now, going back to her work running marketing at Smart Recruiters and demand gen at Service Source. This was a really fun episode where I learned about Prachi's engineering roots that led her to be a better marketer and how a PLG experiment at Checker led to a major scalable revenue channel that now drives tremendous value to shareholders. Please enjoy. Hey everybody, Eric Kostelnik here with Taking Flight, CEO of Postal. And today I am proud to have Prachi Gore, the CMO at Checker, and who has been a leader and a mom. And I'm just extremely excited to have Prachi on the show today. Uh, welcome, Prachi. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for having me. And this is going to be a fun conversation. So I'm excited to do this. Yeah, me as well. Well, we've we've been able to to speak with some amazing leaders so far with Taking Flight. And uh, so you're just on a, an amazing line of, of folks that we've been able to talk to. Um, and I think that uh, the, the, the conversation around your career and around the experimentation that you've had and how you've grown through your career, which I have been a privy to, we've known each other for a while now, um, it's been really interesting to see, and I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about about your story and um, and ultimately what's made you a success. Yeah, let's let's do it. Cool. So today we are uh, tasting hot sauce again. Um, so this kicks back to like I think this might have been with Harsh um, from from, uh, from Slack and Atlassian, but today uh, Prashi uh, chose the sweet jalapeno, uh, the fiery fiery chipotle, and the habanero heat to test for our questions. So, uh, and we are going direct. So we are, we are not using a vehicle, a, a chip vehicle for this. So, or a wing vehicle. So, um, exciting. So let's, let's kick it off with, uh, our sweet jalapeno from Scoville laboratories. Okay. I'm going to give her a little shake here and, and all right, we're, we're just going to do it. We're going <laughs> to, this was your choice. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. That's <clears throat> not as sweet as I would have thought, but No, that's there's not enough sweetness on that. <laughs> well, let's so speaking of sweet, uh let's talk about your sweet your sweet career uh and your story. Um tell us about yourself. Tell us about about who you are and and uh and your story. Yeah, um Failed engineer turned marketer. Okay. Love love marketing. Um, lots and lots of fun adventure adventurous experiences. Um, starting with digital consumer when digital was new, consumer was new to me. Um, it's a lot of fun all the way to SMB, large 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 enterprise at service source. Um, and now, uh, for the last, I don't know, six, eight years, uh, head of marketing. So uh, it's been a fruitful journey. Uh, have enjoyed it. And even if I didn't quite make it as an engineer, it taught me a lot about problem solving and experimentation, which we will get to. Um, yeah. so always grateful for that. 
That's amazing. So when you were in school uh, and in learning uh, the CS profession and engineering, what was your what was your goal? I mean, you must first off, from a female engineering standpoint, like back then as well, you must have been very much a minority within that group. Tell me about like your your what you envisioned to have as as that uh, in, as a student and kind of what what you wanted to do. You know, I I was. I was always, I, I, I thought of myself as creative as a kid and my creativity came from a lot of building and, and, you know, Legos and not so much other stuff. And so that was kind of, that's why I was like, oh, maybe I'd be a great engineer. And I kind of pursued that path. And then I got into engineering and even though I still love the solutioning and problem solving parts of it, I just realized like, maybe I'm not going to be very great at this. Yeah. So I started figuring trying to figure out what else. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it was, yes, I was 100% minority. We didn't have maybe like 20% female max yep. in my class. Um, and um, yeah. So kind of- when you, when you uh, graduated and you got into it, what was, what was kind of the, the, the thing that made you align with something other than CS like what was kind of the the point do you remember that 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 thing that happened I do I do um so I worked as an engineer for about three or four years um before I started exploring other things uh one of my favorite aspects of my job as 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 an engineer uh was everything client facing so anytime I was put in front of a customer I was like talking I was solving problems with other people I loved that versus Mm. like working in my kind of den. Um, so I love that. So I recognize that very early, like, Oh, I I like people. I like, you know, I like that aspect, listening to customers problems and, and, and talking to customers relationship building. And then the second part, I I led this like fun at work committee for the company that I worked at. And that was like the highlight of my job. I, I love doing that. We threw big events. We had all these newsletters. Like it was like a culture builder, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And so I was like, you know, like the things in my job that I actually love doing, I should do more of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so that, that, those were the aha moments when I was like, okay, I got, I got to figure out what I need to do. You know, it's really interesting. Um, I've heard this story before and those engineers that have more of a customer facing attitude and personality generally have like the world open up for them, right? Because you have this very technical background of how do you, you know, build and create. Um, And then you kind of look at where those folks go. And generally what they do is they kind of take that same fundamental of data and structure, and then they can appropriate that to the different parts of the organizations that they go in. So when you think about your background as an engineer and and kind of that foundation and that structure, how how did that help you become the the CMO that you are and ultimately helping you lead Checker to the next iteration of that business? Yeah, I I think the biggest piece that I've brought along with me throughout my marketing career is the analytical, like balancing the creative, the fun, the big billboards, all of that with like what's working, what's not. Let's get in the data. Let's get analytical. Let's place the right bets. Like, you know, how do you how do we make good judgment calls? Yeah. Um, it's all uh, it's all in there. And I think, it you know, the the analytical part of all of that engineering experience and learning um, is it, it really helps me as a marketer to kind of balance the all out 
<laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, we're gonna awesome start. Okay, so we're we're good to go. We're gonna go into the next one. We're gonna talk more about your process as you've moved into um, you know your your leadership roles and and how you evaluate your businesses and move forward. So before we get into that question, we're moving to the fiery Chipotle. Okay. We're gonna okay. we're gonna okay. roll in. This is these were Prachi's choices. Okay, so okay, there we go. All right, what are we hoping to achieve with this one? Do you think this is gonna be hotter? I, 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 at this point, I think all of them are going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I want to, I want to taste the chipotle in this. Obviously. I agree. So chipotle literally is is charred jalapenos. Oh, I didn't know that. So. There you go. Chipotle is literally a charred jalapenos. Okay, here we go. Uh, right. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, dude. Whoa. Maybe we should have got the chips. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a little bit more on the back of the throat, although it is a jalapeno. As people, as we all know, all jalapenos are not equal. Yeah, um, yeah. you can Still, get. A, I like it. That that crazy. is that is my flavor. Really nice flavor, actually. That would be uh, that'd be really good on 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 chicken, um, like a like a chicken or some sort of dish, like a or like eggs, like eggs any breakfast. I like it. I definitely had to take a sip of water there. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's get in, let's get into um, let's get into the last kind of couple couple uh, of uh, businesses that you've been a part of, and, uh, and talk a little bit about you know as you've moved into now the C level uh, and the C suite, um, how are you able to go in, and what is your process that you create uh, to go into a business, um, create a baseline, and really understand that business, and then. Um, create kind of the foundation for your successes that you want to have or the experiments that you want to do. Take us through that, that learning process that you had when you, when you joined Checker or when you joined Smart Recruiters. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, where I start is just start looking at revenue and what is driving that revenue. Where is it coming from? Uh, if, if it's a more established, like Checker was more established, Smart Recruiter. So like depends where it all depends. But at a company that is revenueing, I would say I would start with where is the revenue coming from first and start tracking that to see if there are just like natural uh, entry points. Um, I also do a lot of customer discovery, just like talking to existing customers and asking them more marketing questions. It's like, how did you hear? When did you hear? Where did you go? How did you see? It helps me kind of influence the marketing strategy over time, but also just learn how they think about our business, how they, how they talk about their problem, how they talk about you know how Checker solves their problems. So just like yeah. lots of customer conversations early on, but also always. Um, and then I think you start kind of di diving into, you know, just my process is you start looking at strengths, where you could already go invest. Like when you're starting something new, you can't just build everything off the bat. So you got to pick the blocks you put first and then start building on that. Um, so then I go to, you know, just kind of like a very lightweight SWOT analysis. It's like, what are our strengths? Where do we have opportunities? Like start there. And then if, yep. we, if there, there are known weaknesses, whatnot, then we got to figure out how to handle that. But it's always revenue for me. It's, and then customer sentiment and customer voice. Yep. That, at least that, early on. That feels like that's changed over the last 10 years um, when, it, when, it, when you talk about marketing and sales, right? Before, if you looked at um, 
at, 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 at marketing and sales in the 90s or the early 2000s, you know, there wasn't really a lot of pipeline and, you know, customer focus on that. It was a lot of brand, right? It was how can we develop this massive brand and then just inherently have a sales motion to go get that brand. But now I think we've all had consensus as sales leaders and marketing leaders that, no, we're all tied to pipeline. We're all tied to revenue, and especially in times like these, yeah. we all have to be very focused on that. So yeah. like when in your career, as you've seen this change, like has that changed for you? And I guess as you look at this and your priorities of where you've learned how to actually say, no, it needs to be a customer driven marketing organization. How did you come up with that? And like, how did, how did your experience lead you to that? Yeah, I think I'll say, I'll say a couple of things. I think one is when one of the bigger change, a brand is still super important for what it's worth. Uh, I would highlight it as one of the bigger investments I tend to make. Okay. But brand comes in a lot of different flavors. And <clears throat> traditionally, when people thought brand, it was always like advertising, events. And actually, your brand is built with every touch point that you have with the customer. Mm. And so it's in the consistency of the message everybody delivers. It's in the post-sales experience for just that small bit of onboarding if you're a self-serve product. It's in the education. It's, in, it's built in everything. Um, content, thought leadership is a big, big aspect of brand often. And so I think that, that our brand means to me a lot more than just advertising or, you know, uh, PR. Doing events and doing stuff. billboards. Yeah. And we do that. Checker has billboards. We just did a, a launch an advertising campaign in Dallas. And nice. so we do that. It's not to take away, like those tactics work. Um, it's not to take away from that, but I think there's a lot more under the brand bucket and, you know, you can pick invest customer advocacy is a big one. Like customers talking about your brand builds your brand better than anything else. And so I think those are all, um, packaged for me under the brand umbrella. Um, but yeah, over the 10, you know, when I, when I started my marketing career and it's been more than 10 years, but digital was a very new space. So it was like brand marketing. And then a few people who actually understood digital. So I, that was like getting really good at demand generation mm. was my strength growing into marketing. So it was always, I played on a lot of different strengths that were not brand to really grow even into my first head of marketing job at Smart Recruiters. Um, but then, you know, we started, you know, content. Like I started thinking differently as a head of marketing, your job changes. So yeah. I started thinking very differently about how to impact the market. Um, and that's where kind of brand now is almost as important, but it's not just about advertising. Um, and you have to like holistically for your whole marketing investment, tie that back to growth because otherwise if you can't like none of that matters, but hundred percent, when you think about the brand and the, um, and the demand gen piece and, and generally you have your brand managers, then you have your demand gen managers. Um, <laughs> I found that it's very difficult to have them see and be aligned to the same numbers. When you think about like how, like how do you set those two very important orgs? How do you set the right metrics for them, and what are those metrics? Yeah, it's very hard, as you pointed out, and it's it, you know it's like you also don't want to tie some of those critical investments to a number because you'll optimize for the wrong things sometimes yeah. because it's not driving. So it is hard. I think. Um, for any brand investments, we try and get it closest to 
the metric that will move the needle. So for example, we do billboards, we've done, we just did this big campaign with video and TV and out of home in, in one concentrated market in Dallas. And our measurement criteria got us down to website traffic, Huh. conversion on on of that traffic um we we have our bdrs sdrs ask like how did you hear about us if there's anecdotal data and then efficiency of other spend in that market so if we are doing paid search um do we see better click through and conversion on that and therefore efficiency so like those are indicative metrics it's not directly getting to a lead or an mql or pipeline um but it gets us close enough to model to an roi um and we have a self-serve product. So we, we do a lot of other, you know, uh, spend to get people into the funnel. Um, yep. So it works out in that way. Do you, uh, having a PLG motion, because um, we've had a lot of folks on uh, taking flight that have very much the enterprise motion. Um, and so those two, those are two very different things. And if you look at smart recruiters, kind of similar, right? Smart recruiters during your tenure made a, a decision to move up market. Um, and that move up market changed your behavior and what what you had to do. So yeah. like when you think about the difference between what you executed at Smart Recruiters, which I would say is extremely well-branded and extremely well-designed um, demand gen side and partnership network, you know, that that fed, um, and then looking at Checker to where you really are just trying to fill the top of the funnel. What are the differences between your the, your PLG motion and your enterprise businesses based upon those, you know, those actions of brand and demand gen? Yeah. So, you know, at Smart Recruiters, when we made that move, um, it became a lot more. So our, our, as you go up market and have bigger companies, the, the problems that they're trying to solve are often different than your SMB audience. And so at Smart Recruiters, we realized like talent acquisition was trying to, which is the audience we served, was was growing in importance. It was a competitive market. They they were becoming, starting to become thought leaders within companies. And so we really anchored brand building on this concept of hiring success. We invested immensely, not in just creating a big confidence with thousands of people, but uh, wrote a book. You know, like we just went all out with hiding success and building thought leadership around a framework that took TA to the next level. Um, and that was our investment. And it was a great door opener or a wedge to have the first conversation. We had a whole team built out that did like free consulting, essentially. And they yeah. probably still are there um, that went in. That was like a wedge into the enterprise. And it, it got really good deals. And we always had a self-serviceable product. So we did a lot of pilots, things like that. Um, so that was smart recruiters with with Checker. The interesting thing about Checker is we have we serve enterprise, mid market, and SMB like self serve. Yeah. So it's it's a very broad spectrum of audiences, and so it gets harder to tailor. It's like not one play for everyone. But on the PLG side of the house, on the SMB, it it's a it's that it becomes it's highly analytical and mathematical. Even like brand campaigns, like you could boil it down to your acquisition funnel. Yeah. much, much better than a similar investment that you'd make for if you just had an enterprise play uh, because it's so many different touches. Like your, your your modeling would look very different and gets very fuzzy. I've done so many attribution models. Yeah. Um, so that it, it it's easier to make those big investments for a PLG motion, I think, uh, than if it were just enterprise. You'd have to go a little bit more with uh, belief <laughs> that yeah. data. Um but but yeah, so I think that is the biggest shift, and there's you know that I have seen uh, in our ability to go experiment. 
So a little bit deeper into the, the PLG motion when you're servicing multiple segments, are you able to get to the metrics of segmentation and cost acquire customer? Like, are you able to get there with that? How, it, how does that look? And like, how do you develop that? Cause that's something that we struggle with. Yeah, we, we have, we, I, 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 we ha- I think we have to. So for the largest part of that self-serve motion, it is your spend. It is a CAC LTV payback exercise. Like you need to know exactly what you could spend to get how many people activated on yeah. the back end of the funnel. And there's lots of levers you could pull, not just fill the top of the funnel. There's so many conversion efficiency things you could drive in the funnel. There's so much you could do post sales. So there's just a lot there, yeah. uh, but it is a very, um, metrics driven or financial metric driven can be a very financial metric driven business and i would recommend operators to operate that business that way i think it it gets um it it gets you uh to to pull the right levers to get to the outcome and it becomes a sustainable business um sorry was that what there was yeah no I, like and that's very good information the thing i was trying to get to is like how are you segmenting the 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 actual cost to acquire a customer in each one of the segments, like how does that actually like what yeah. are the what are the not specific numbers, but like what are the actual metrics that go into those, and how do you do that? Yeah, I, so the, the one thing that was tactically our programs are different. So we take okay. events, different programs, okay. different programs, mostly uh, outside of search. Um, you know, like enterprises more events. It's like ABM type of stuff versus down market. We have you know. Startup programs, SMB programs, we have a lot of search investment, just capturing latent demand. Yeah. Um, so so we kind of do that split. And then on shared programs, uh, we do see our lead volume and we know a general split between the segments. So we use that. Um, and then the other thing that helps me is I've, I have structured my org such that we have a growth team that's focused on the self-serve part of the business largely as a metric. Yep. They do bring in inbound for mid-market and enterprise as well, but that's their focus area. And then we have a revenue marketing team that's focused largely on the direct, on supporting direct sales like pipeline. And, um, so, so it kind of helps from a program run and people invested standpoint too, to get to the cost estimates. It's not perfect, yeah. uh, but it gets us close enough. But yeah, that's that is, that's super helpful. And that's something that I think a lot of listeners actually, you know, and, and, and people I, I talk to on the marketing side is when you have this business that can service multiple different segments and you're trying to figure out how to focus on a specific segment because maybe your retention rates are higher and your cost to acquire a customer, you know, is going to be less or some, something to do effect that drives you to say, I'm going to invest in this area. It's really difficult, especially with smaller teams that, you know, when, when you look at, you know, postal like that is a mid market or startups that have, you know, yeah. one marketer, or two marketer, and then you have checker who's obviously, you know, in, in growth phase and, and, uh, and ha- has done a great job over the last 10 years. You kind of look at it, you go different businesses, but how do you actually bucket those program spends accordingly to try to go get the revenue that you want to go get? And you're always going to have this ancillary, you know, like business coming in and you're always like, hey, do I want to service this business? Because is there something behind it? And it's really hard to say no. So how do you say no? (laughs) You know, I should have said this in the first question that you asked. It's like, what is the first thing you get at? But I think when I, when we do all these customer interviews, when I do all these customer interviews, like really what I try to get at is like, where do we, are we going to have the best product market fit or, you know, ICP is kind of a commonly used term. Like we really narrow, go deeper and go acquire and win that market before expanding into other 
segments market. So even with self-serve, like that was when I joined Checker, we were an en- largely enterprise only company. Yeah, We didn't have, we always had a self-serve product. We never marketed it as such. And yeah. it was an experiment that we launched to be like, hey, what if we, you know, can I just market this, put in some money and it was vastly successful. And now we have, we've invested a ton. It's like a world-class self-serve product, but that, you know, so you kind of build on uh, the components, you can't go everywhere all at once. Um, and how how do I say no? I think that's where the revenue piece comes in. It's like, is this going to directly drive revenue or be an inflection point for future revenue? Sometimes you got to make those bets. Yeah. Um, you say yes to those and then everything else is like below the line. And every once in a while, you still got to pick up like pet projects because, just because, Um that's the hardest part in marketing, though, especially like certain, you know, like PMM, product marketing, gets so hard because there's so many stakeholders that they service in a way. Yep. Uh, so it, it's not easy, but I think if your eyes on the ball in terms of like revenue, what is directly impacting revenue and growth for the business, then it gets a little bit easier to say no to the things that are kind of incremental in nature. Yep. Amazing. Awesome. Okay, we're going to get into that PLG experiment because I want to dig in there. That's a perfect segue to our final hot sauce. And now I'm like generally nervous. Take a small, take a small. A small dropper. All right, we're doing habanero heat, um, and and we're we're gonna we're gonna rock and roll here. Here we go. Oh my! This is your choice. I know. Blame right. it on me. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my God. That's delicious. It's yum. It's very spicy. <clears throat> I'm glad we didn't go for the ghost pepper. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> that is really tasty, though. That's like yeah. more vinegar based, but it's, um, I prefer habanero to jalapenos. What's your favorite pepper? Uh, Harbanero would be my like top. Like this was the first one I picked. I'm like, I could do this, but I like jalapenos on like, just like in my sandwich or, you know, and I just want a little bit of that spice, but not overtake it. Are you um like, what are you into the, like the hottest pepper challenges and the stuff that people. <laughs> that is no way we, we brought back some like really, uh, we, we were in the Caribbean and brought back like this very spicy ghost. Uh, pepper sauce. After that, and the, I hear that these challenges have even spicier and large quantities of things. Like I could not. No, no. Yeah, I was telling you earlier. Like my kids, after we did this this um, hot sauce test a few few episodes ago, I brought it home to my kids, and they were just tasting all of them. I'm like, this is, yeah. I, there I we go. I mean, all right, California more, kids eat a lot of Mexican. More developed food. palate is a great thing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right, so we're into experiments that, uh, you know, when we think about, you know, the, the, and ask everyone around this last question around experiments, and, and you alluded to a major experiment that, that put Checker in a different trajectory. So let's get into moving from an enterprise company down market and the decisions that you made, you know, to put yourself into that experiment of PLG. Yeah, I mean, I think as a business, you're always trying to find like, where does my next big growth? you know, where does the next big chunk of growth come from? Yeah. And like I mentioned, we, we had a product, it's APIs. It's like, it was always self-serve in a way. Um, 
we hadn't marketed it as such. And then we started seeing like this organic growth of companies that came in self-serve and were growing. Um, so there was some insight, like indication that there might be something here. So it wasn't like completely random, you know, place of bad. Yeah. Um, and it was relatively lightweight for us to spin up like a front end on our APIs and like our technology. And um, we built some certain things for our channel partners. So we had existing infrastructure to, to put a front end on. Good. Um, so it was relatively easy. And then it was a numbers game to be like, let's pump some sort, you know, SEM um, acquisition dollars and see what we acquire. And if they convert on this, you know, very, like very baseline product yep. and what happens. And it was very, it was a calculated bet for us as a company. It was very successful. Um, and then our product team, of course, built a fantastic product since then. And we have grown that uh, investment, I want to say like three, four, five X. I don't know. It's become like a big, big part of our business growth. And, you know, standalone could be a pretty successful company and all, all combined is fantastic. So it was a very successful bet. Um, it came from an insight. So it wasn't so random to just be like, oh, we should go try Correct. this. Like we were already seeing some signs of success, early, very, very early success. Um, but it was a risky move to kind of just, you know, go go there and invest in this completely new thing. Um, so we worked on kind of figuring that. And then since then, we acquired a, a, another SMB company. So like that business has now just grown. But um, yeah. That's amazing. Um, the When you look at the, the metrics that led you to the experiment, mm -hmm. so you talked a little bit about you had some motions that were happening within the product where it was just naturally upgrading. Yeah. Um, the what were you looking for specifically in Checker's example of of that uh, behavior to give yeah. you the indication that there was an opportunity? Um, so use so there were a few different things, but our product can be used directly by connecting to the API. It can be used by through via a partner or our channel partners, and it can be used directly on our dashboard, which is our self serve product. And yep. that was a very small portion of our business, but we kind of, we, we didn't look at our business that way. We always looked at segments and revenue. And, and so giving it like product usage was our lens, uh, gave us this insight originally to be like, oh, there's something here. Um, so that was kind of like just a different lens on the same metrics, like revenue was the metric, but it was a different product usage was our lens. Um, and Interesting. And then, so you saw, you saw the product usage and kind of the rudimentary PLG that you had in place. And you're like, Hey, if we can get up to a, a financial model that actually we could, you know, spend X amount to get X amount, you know, I think we're all looking at profitable growth now. And that's yeah. the big theme, right? All of us, even those that aren't going public, we're like, hey, how can I get profitable growth? Which, you know, 10 years ago when we started this and doing this, we're like, yeah, I mean, we're a startup company. We're going to get all the money in the world. Um, but profitable growth is so important now. So when you look at that that sales and marketing cost to your revenue costs, um, what is the what it, what would you give guidance around a good number there um, to, to like say an experiment is working? Um. I'm going to give, it depends on the type of experiment that you're okay. willing to learn and the objective for why you're running this experiment, right? So in our case, the metric we focused on was, can we acquire enough customers 
So it wasn't, we weren't. It wasn't a revenue, it was a customer. It was like acquisition, yeah, just top of the Oh, cool, okay, because you had an upgrade motion. Yep. And then we will upsell them, We, you know. Um, so that was our metric that we looked at. And, and the goal was to kind of, you know, hypothetically, can we get 200,000 customers in like one year or two years, three, whatever is the time frame, right? Like that was kind of the vision behind like, can we massively scale emotion to get to lots of customers? It's a, it's a it, background, everybody runs background checks. So it's a product for all. Um, and so the metric that we focused on for that experiment was just purely acquisition um, with some view on cost for acquisition, but it was really to say, can we drive demand? That was the mm. question we answered in the first phase of this pilot. When the answer was yes, in fact, massive demand, um, then we started getting to like, let's build the product, let's see how we, we convert. And then like for a chunk of like almost a year, we paid um, too much attention, rightly so, on just driving higher conversion through the funnel. Because now we are spending all of this to bring the people in, but you know, how do we get them to activate it? And so as of today, my growth team carries an activated, like none of the top of funnel metrics, they track everything, but the goal is activated customers. Like they come in and they sign in and they spend the first dollars on our platform. Um, but it was, you know, phased experiments and building on the goals yeah. uh, versus just starting off with how many activated because like our product wasn't quite there at that time. This is almost three years ago. Um, you know, our GTM motions, like marketing motions were very, very early um, so we, you got to kind of weren't, weren't thinking about scale in that moment, but yeah. It's awesome. I mean, the, the how much has changed even over the last, well, you've been at Checker for three years, four years? Three and a half years, yeah. Yeah, so, so even what's changed over this time, have you, ha have, like, I guess for you, what has changed? Um, I, I kind of know the answer, but I'll, I'll ask for other, but like, what has changed for you and where do you see the future? Uh, in the next, you know, couple of, of years? Um, is it going to change and even more? I think, you know, what has changed for me personally is just the ability to drive direct growth impact on our business because my team owns a revenue metric, which, you know, we, we all own the revenue metric as a head of marketing, but in enterprise or other, other motions, it's, it's like pipeline. And then you're really dependent on, you know, sales and your other cross-functional partners to get to the revenue. But in this case, my team owns the revenue metric wow. and the NRR number. And like, so that is like the biggest change it drove for me personally in terms of like how I think about the business and any business now from here on out, uh, which wasn't the case in my previous experiences. Um, and but looking out from here, um, there is just so much more potential for us to go, like, you know, expand as a business and for marketing to play a role. And, um, you know, the, the latest experiment is brand, like really investing in brand awareness. What can that do for our business and can it inflect growth? And we are very bullish, but it's a one concentrated market, one month test, two month test. So we'll see how that goes. But I would love to kind of build a bigger brand uh, yep. and add to that um but we'll see it's an experiment and some succeed and some you learn from and you you iterate so well that's amazing well thank you so much for joining us today um i, I think the story of checker is amazing and i think when you think about becoming synonymous with what the action is you're getting there and that is that's very much what brand is all about right is yeah. is yeah. hey what am i going to do oh just go to checker right yeah. and yeah. so 
all of us are kind of vying to, to, to have that mind share. And, and you've shared a lot of, of uh, insight into how you're approaching this from a demand generator brand perspective. Um, appreciate the time you spent with us today. And uh, if, if uh, anybody wants to, to find Prachi, where can they find you, Prachi? I'm on LinkedIn, uh, and that is probably the best starting point. But uh, yeah, I would welcome all connections and grow together as a community. This is great, Eric. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much.